Welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchor Podcast. Today we're in Colossians 2. It reads, For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea, and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink, or with regards to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ." Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by a sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with the growth that is from God. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. So as we jump in here to chapter 2 of Colossians, we really get at the heart of the reason that he feels necessary to write this epistle. So Paul combats several thoughts here and really has a large unifying principle that really focuses in on this chapter. And we're going to kind of reverse what we usually do. And first, we're going to answer a question because I believe it's going to be helpful for us as we are then able to nail down what Paul is really talking about here. And so several times in this chapter, we see this thought of what is in verse 23 referred to as asceticism. So the logical question we seek to answer is, what is asceticism? And so asceticism comes out of this philosophical belief that really we're dualistic or we're made up of two parts, a spiritual and a physical. Essentially, they're teaching that the physical is bad and the spiritual is good. And so as there is this large focus on denial of the physical so that you could experience the whole of the spiritual. And this is not a new concept. This is not something that was just arising in this time. This is something that many people had dealt with for many years. This concept that physical is bad and that spiritual is good. And so it's starting to have inroads here into Christianity in this area. And Paul is addressing that. 
And so when we think about that, what these people were trying to say is you need to deny your body of certain things. You need to take it so that you do not have these things so that you can experience the fullness of what God wants you to. And so he really kind of focuses in on that on verse 21. It says, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. This is saying that by getting rid of these physical things, that you're going to have this heightened spiritual opportunity because you're no longer being driven by these physical or carnal desires. And so while there is some truth to those types of things, what they have done is they've said that, hey, this is the way. You who are following and living in Christ, if you're not denying yourself, if you're not doing these types of things, you're not actually a believer. When you look more into those teachings, the real focus on self-neglect and self-denial or even infliction of pain to try to drive these types of things away from an individual were often very showy. They were often done to put themselves on display for other people, and they're not actually going to be things that are salvific in nature. And so just by saying, I'm going to deny myself of all of these things, you're not actually able to gain salvation. And so while it's important to be in control of your body and to control the cravings that are there, especially if they're sinful things, the mere denying yourself of things is not actually a big part of what the gospel is. There are elements of things that we're supposed to be without in our life, but there are also experiences of good things that these people are bringing in and saying, no, you must deny these types of opportunities for your body to have joy or to experience these different, even probably flavors as they talk about things that they're handling or tasting and even things that they're experiencing. And so when we kind of bring this back into the fullness of what Paul's talking about here, he doesn't want them to be led astray by these philosophies and the human traditions that are being brought into the church. And so that's where I want us to focus in on this. Let's focus in today on the fact of what are ways or what are opportunities that human tradition or even human beliefs or practices are able to come into what we're reading in God's Word or even what we're studying or trying to live, and how is it that those are able to kind of sidetrack us from the truth? Number one, a big part of that is if we don't understand the fullness of the gospel, the fullness of God's Word and what He's telling us to do, we're going to be more likely to be led astray. And so that's why Paul has really focused on a huge Christological and a huge theological treatise here and focus their attention to the gospel and what really matters. Come back to that. Walk in the manner worthy of the calling that you had. Live according to those things because you are not to continue living on in your flesh. And so he wants them to understand that gospel. He wants them to understand the fullness of that. And so we likewise must understand those things so that when these types of teachings come that are trying to add or trying to divert our attention to something else, we're able to recognize them for what they are. You know, it's interesting here, even in verse 8, it says, See that no one takes you captive. That's how my verse translates it. But really it's saying, see that nobody robs you and takes you into this belief. And so he's using very strong words to talk about the false teachers and what they're doing. And so then after he goes and he works through this and explains so many things that Jesus has done according to his death and resurrection and what that does for us, he's letting us know that that has freed us from the types of things that these false teachers are saying are of the most value. 
And so he says, don't let these people tell you that you can't do these things. Don't let these people tell you that you're not going to be able to work through what you're trying to do. And so verse 18 and verse 23, as they're talking about this asceticism and these visions and worshiping angels and all these other different things, he says, hey, don't let them ruin the purity of the gospel that you know. These are just small things that they're focused on, that they're taking out of place, and they're making the big thing. And so let's think about this in terms of what we're working through in our Sunday morning time here at Ascend. We're walking through the book of Revelation, and Pastor Jeff has done a great job of just giving us tools to study God's Word. But we know when we come to this book that it's often one that there are a lot of people who have really strong opinions about what's going on. And when you focus so much on the significance of a certain verse, or a certain passage or a certain instance in there, a lot of times you're focused so much on that that you're not looking at the totality of God's story and what he's trying to do and what he's trying to teach us in the book of Revelation, that he's letting us know that, hey, in the end of our temporal time here on earth, God's going to win and he's going to consummate the new age of eternity. And so as we think through that, we see that in the totality of what it's supposed to do. And we realize that our main thing is we're called to endure and we're called to to seek the crown for those who will conquer. And we may not have to focus on all of the aspects that are there, but if we focus so much on one of those that we lose track of what the main things are, it's going to be very difficult for us to be walking and growing in our faith. And so I believe that's what's happening here. These false teachers have focused so much on this denial of self that they're losing Losing track of the gospel. They're losing track of the heart of who Christ was. When they think about him, obviously Jesus, he had a physical and a spiritual nature. If they deny one aspect of that and say, well, Jesus was not really physical, he was only spiritual, Paul's addressing that. No, he was a real person. He was a real person created in the image of God, just as we are. And so we need to understand the totality of what he's pointing us to so that we can focus on how we can recognize and respond to errors in our day. And so as you sit and you learn and you think about the ways in which you might see uh, just human teachings or other things coming into impact how you're living, I pray that you would encourage others around you to be involved in those conversations of helping you to see, hey, I'm hearing this, but I don't think it fits with what the gospel says. Or, hey, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm trying to understand it in a better sense, and it seems not to correspond with what I read in God's word. Those are the types of conversations, those are the discussions that Paul is really trying to guide these believers to, to help them to see the error around them and help them to live according to what they know the gospel is calling them to do in their midst. And so as you walk through those conversations, as you walk through this passage of scripture, pray that you study it, you comb through it, you look through different things that it's teaching you about the way in which you can recognize error and about the importance of Christ and what he's done for us and how he gives us the liberty and the freedom to live according to the blessing that he imparts to us by his victory over sin and death. As you walk through those things today, know you are loved. You're-